0: Hi, welcome to the babbling book club a podcast where we talk about all the latest books What's great about them? What's not so great and everything in between. I'm your host Lisa and let's get into it. Shall we? Hello, hello Hello Welcome back to the babbling book club. It is I Lisa Thanks for joining me today To be honest, I've tried to record an episode at least four times over the same book, and I'm just too scared that I'm not going to do it justice. So my last and final attempt is to reread the book, and then when I reread it and it's fresh in my mind, I will give you the best episode ever. It's so good that I don't even know how to talk about it, if that makes sense. like I do know how to talk about it, but like I just want to make sure I do it justice. But today, we are talking about Too Good to Be True by Carola Lovering. This is one of the first books I read in 2021, and it was pretty good. It is juicy. It is deceptive. It is sneaky. <laughs> it is it is mysterious for sure. Carola Lovering has a wonderful way of making each chapter super juicy, but then going into another section of the character's life. And it almost makes you like build up to the end of each chapter, like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then the, the chapter ends, and the next chapter starts another section of the characters' lives, and you're like, ugh. But then you get to that end of the chapter, and you're like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And it builds up, and it goes back down. And then you almost, like, as you keep going through the chapters, you're almost forgetting. <laughs> forgetting, not forgetting what's going on in the story, but, like, you settle down from that excitement. And then when that story that you were so excited about continues. Um, it's almost like, okay, now I'm getting answers. Now I'm getting answers. This story is a whirlwind. I tell you it is in, it is told with three of the characters' perspectives. We have, um, the two wives and the husband. So this is not a sister wife situation. This is about a man who marries another woman behind her, his wife's back. I'm not trying to give too much away, but that's basically what it's about. Um, and we go through the story of Skye, who is the woman that is being married to this man and she is super in love with him. You know, she, she thinks this is the one for her. He's just absolutely wonderful. But then things start popping up and she's confused as to why he's being a little off. And so this is her story of finding out that he has a secret wife, right? So that's her story arc. Burke is the guy that, that is the husband in the story. And Burke is, um, we're reading this from Burke Michael's diary. So Burke Michael's story is told through his diary in this book. And in this book, he is in his diary, he is diabolical, he is evil, he is mean, he is rude, he is nasty. At one point he calls a girl Butterface, <laughs> which means that she's beautiful at, from behind, like everything but her face, like he's disgusting, he's gross. Um, and as the diaries go on, he reveals how he was able to trick Sky into marrying him for her money because Skye is a very rich girl and his diary is a whole documentation on how he tricks her and and how much he loves his wife and his wife is so perfect and and he could never let her go he's just a very gross man like you then we get the perspective of Heather which is Burke Michael's first wife the one that he is currently still married to and we don't get it from the current situation at the beginning of the book we get it from as a 16 year old and when she is in love with Burke and they're both teenagers in high school and it goes from there to present day now now that is what the book's about I'm going to start getting into spoiler filled territory so if you want to read the book go ahead purchase the book give it a good read, but I'm going to go into spoiler-filled territory. Not before I do that, I'm going to give this book a rating so you know what I think about it. I give it a solid three out of five. It was interesting. I guessed the plot twist in the middle, and to be honest, I wish there was a second plot twist, and I'll tell you why in the spoiler-filled version, but it, it was, it was, even though I knew what was coming, it was still very entertaining. Like, I really like this book. Um, It is set before the pandemic, like it's set in 2020. And you can tell that Corolla wrote this like either in 2019 or before when nobody knew the pandemic was happening. So when I'm reading this and it's like, Skye's getting sangrias in a hotel and going clubbing. I'm like, ah, the good old days. (laughs) Um, That's always fun to read. But yeah, I would give this a solid three out of five. Um, just because I wish the plot twist was bigger. It was beautifully written. Um, She has a way of, again, keeping you at the edge of your seat and then going to the next story, which is such a tease, such a tease, Corolla. But um, I still enjoyed it. So, yeah, give it a go. I am now going to go to the spoiler-filled version. So, again, if you want to read this book and you don't want spoilers, get off the podcast. We'll come back. We'll chat later. But now I'm going to go into the spoiler-filled version. So, Skye, good old Skye, she's she's a rich lady, okay? She And she looks up to her mom a lot, okay? She works, I believe, as a publicist. I don't remember, but she works with books. And she suffers from OCD. And although she's beautiful and fit and can cook and is a man's dream... Her OCD gets in the way of her love life a lot. And she goes into many stories where she'll be dating someone. And then all of a sudden she has to um, flick the lights on, on and off 13 times. Or I don't remember. She has a very specific number, but it goes back to her mother who she loved so much. And her mother passes away from her when she was around, I believe, seven. So yeah, she has this crippling OCD she can't walk through doors without tapping on the walls and um yeah it freaks men out and they run away which makes her really sad but then she meets Burke who finds them cute and actually helps her with her OCD. Going back to her mom so the reason it stems from her mom is because her mom was her best friend her mom in her head was the best woman in the world she taught her to calm down by counting up from seven down to seven and when her mom Dies, all Sky can do is count up seven, down seven. And this develops into her OCD through a trauma response. And that's how she calms herself down. But now it becomes, oh no, I have to touch all the wood in the house seven times, or else the sky's going to fall, you know? And she has these these unfortunate fears that contribute to her OCD. One of them, again, is before she enters a room, she has to tap the door seven times. So when she meets Burke at a hotel, he is dream guy, wonderful, ooh, ah, and he's double her age. <laughs> Burke is double her age, and he doesn't drink, but Buy Sky a drink and then he buys like a virgin version of a drink to make it look like he's drinking with her but they end up hitting it off they end up going to the beach later and it's this beautiful like Think of the romantic movies when they're on the beach and it's like, I could love you too kind of thing. They end up dating six months in, they get engaged. All of Skye's friends are like, are you crazy? You've never met this man's family. You've never, um, you don't know his work history. He says he works at night, but you haven't seen anything. You know, nothing about him. You know, for all you know, he could be using you for your money because Skye inherited a lot of money from when her mother died. She comes from a very rich family and this guy's like no this guy's the one he's he's really wonderful now let's go to heather 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 she is 16 when the book starts and she's hanging out with the bad boy burke that's her boyfriend and he's a really bad influence he smokes cigarettes um you know he drinks a lot he's an alcoholic because his dad's an alcoholic and Heather doesn't come from a great family either. Her parents aren't really there. She takes care of her little brother, whose name is Gus. His name's Gus. <laughs> so she's taking care of her little brother, Gus. And she has to, you know, take care of her family. So she decides to get a babysitting job. Okay, she decides to babysit for a woman named Libby. And Libby is interesting. Libby needs a babysitter. But as Heather begins to babysit, it's more for Libby to have someone to talk to. Libby's very lonely because her husband, Peter, is an artist and he's always in his art studio painting and painting and painting and painting. And she gets really lonely because she just moved to this little town and she wants him, she wants a friend. So she hires this 16-year-old babysitter to watch the kids and, um... Heather says she can do it but she also like there are times where she can't because she has to watch her five-year-old brother Gus. Libby desperate for friends is like okay fine fine bring your brother like it's totally fine and most of the days the kids are kind of on their own hanging out and it's Libby and Heather drinking talking laughing you know at the dining table and Heather looks up to Libby so much. This is a woman that she wants to be. Libby is rich. She's classy. She's beautiful. She's delicate. And as their friendship goes on, as their friendship goes on, Heather, not Heather, I'm sorry. As their friendship goes on, Libby starts telling Heather that she has to start thinking about college. She wants to get out of this rinky-dink town. She wants to get out of the life that her family's living in. She needs to go to college and become someone. And Heather, wanting to be like Libby, is like, absolutely. Libby helps her apply for college. She becomes the mom that Heather's never had. And Heather really leans in to Libby and trusts her. So she starts applying for college. Libby does not approve of Burke. She sees that he's an alcoholic. She sees that he's a bad boy, that he's gross, that he's going to become nothing and bring her down. And Libby tells Heather that. And Heather agrees and decides to break up with Burke. For the next, I believe it's semester or something like that, um, Heather's grades go up. She does not hang out with her old friends anymore. She's studying like crazy and she's getting into colleges. Until... One tragic day where Libby, Gus, Heather, Peter, and Libby's kids go to the beach. They go to the beach and Gus and Libby's son is drowning in the water. And Libby cries to Peter to go save them. Heather can't swim. Peter goes and goes after Gus. Libby goes after her son. And when Peter comes back, Peter ran into the water later than Libby. So when Peter comes back, Gus is dead. He drowned. And Heather is so angry because Gus was her family. She didn't really have her father, her mother in her life. That was her family. And Heather screams Heather gets mad. I mean, understandably so. Her her dead brother is in front of her. And she asks... She screams, but also asks Libby, why didn't she save her brother first? Because Libby's son knew how to swim. Gus did not know how to swim. So, and Libby just said, well, he he just learned how to swim so he doesn't know how to do it that well and she goes i tried i tried to save your brother and libby feels so bad about this so so bad she heather never speaks to her again heather now having no one goes back to burke burke who loves heather so much ended up building up his grades in school to show her that he could be the man that she could be with and Heather is just so depressed. She, she's so depressed. She doesn't eat. She doesn't go to school because she just lost her brother. And Heather and Burke end up moving in together. Burke tries to push her to go to school. She won't do it. She won't eat. He brings in her college you know, acceptance and rejection letters. She won't look at them. And then one day Libby sends a check. She's like, I'm so sorry for your loss. I hope this helps, because Libby knew that she wasn't in the best financial situation. And so let's say she gave her a check of a, a big chunk of money. And Heather looks at it, and she screams, and she tears up that check, and she throws it down the toilet. And Burke is like, what are you doing? That could help us. And She just knows that that's not going to bring her brother back. So Heather gets pregnant. Um, I believe she has like three or four children in this book, but she gets pregnant one by one. Burke tries to be the man that she deserves, so he goes to college. You know, he ends up getting like a good job and stuff like that, and that's where I'm going to stop with Heather's story. Let's talk about Heather. Burke (laughs) so Burke has a diary that he is starting to write in in the beginning of the book because his therapist told him that it would be best I'm sorry not his therapist his marriage counselor yeah him and Heather are in marriage counseling let's say 20 years later and he loves his wife so 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 much and he would never consider cheating on her but he's gonna cheat on her now because he, he they need money the kids need money because now their kids are going to college. And he's a deadbeat, so he has to. He has to do something about it. So he decides to find a rich girl at a rich hotel. And he's going to he's gonna marry her and scam her for all her money. That's his plan. He meets Skye. He says that she has a weird OCD thing. That's for sure. And... <laughs> And, um, but he's in it for the money. He doesn't love her one bit. He has sex for the money. You know, he sees that, that he's really pulling the strings in her eyes and he's really gonna pull a wool over this girl's eyes. But, oh wait, then Skye starts asking, you know, what family will he, uh, will he be bringing to the wedding? And Burke freaks out. So he hires like six drug addicts from his old town um to be part of the wedding to be his best man and to be witnesses and stuff like that and you know all goes according to plan he's married to her he's gonna stay with her for two months and then you know steal all her money bring it back to heather and heather and him live happily ever after now i have told you the whole story from part one but now let's get on to the truth part 2 So everything's going great and then Skye gets an email that is not meant to be for her. It's it's sent to her best friend, her maid of honor. But her maid of honor has a similar name to someone that Burke knows. And this email says, "Hey guy or whatever the guy's name is. I'm going to call him guy. <laughs> hey guy thanks so much for pretending to be my best friend this is gonna be great here's five hundred dollars um heather's gonna be so excited when i get all this girl's money um here's how i did it so you can do it too i wrote a diary of everything i did and sky is reading every single letter that we've read in this book up to this point now and she's mortified now we're going to go to part two, which is the truth. And here's the big twist. So Heather, Heather, Heather. Let's talk about Heather. Heather, years later, finds out that Libby has passed away. She still hates Libby with her guts. But when she finds out she's passed away, she goes to the funeral and she kind of hides out with sunglasses and just stares from the back of the funeral. She's like, good riddance kind of thing. But she still wants to get back at Libby. Remember those diary entries from Burke, Michael, her husband? Well, those weren't written from him, from his own perspective. They were written from her. All those letters were written by Heather. Heather. Now, why would she do this? Well, Heather, Heather, Heather. Sky ends up being the daughter of Libby. And Heather still wants to get Libby, even after death. And how is she going to do that? Through her kids. And remember, Heather and Burke are not in the best financial situation, so... This is the best thing that she can do, which is take Libby's money, even though Libby did offer her a good chunk of money when she was alive. She's going to do this to break Skye's heart. So she writes all these letters in her in Burke's name. And if you're wondering why she would try to frame her husband, it's because she realized that through the scheme, although Burke was reluctant to to do it um he, she noticed that he was actually falling for sky and so now to get back at him for not only dragging her into a rotten uh life experience you know being his wife even though he did try his darndest but in her head he was just you know nothing because even though heather is trying to get back at libby she still like really looks up to her which is like super psychotic So she's trying to frame her husband. So when Skye gets these letters, she calls her father, Peter. Um, They get the best lawyers, because, again, they're a rich family. They get the best lawyers. They're going to divorce, and they're going to um, try to put him in jail. Burke, we finally get Burke's actual perspective, and he is the sweetest guy ever. And in his head, what he was going to do was he was, like, as he was falling in love with Skye... He was going to send Heather some of the money. But after she got like the half a million that she wanted, he would be like, listen, I love this girl and I'm not doing this anymore. Like he even stopped seeing his wife as frequently as he did because he really did love Sky and he wanted to do right by by her. So this nasty court case ensues. Sky through time and investigating find out that it was heather this whole time writing those letters they put it piece by piece together and sky decides to meet heather heather chooses a cafe that they can meet in where there's a door and remember sky has ocd so she does her stuff and knocks heather mocks her for that she explains who she is she's like hi i was your babysitter ages ago um sky you know tries to be as graceful as possible in this situation and i think she really she really did that you really see heather's nastiness really come out um throughout this book when you realize that she's the one writing these goddamn letters sky leaves She's still madly in love with Burke, but she can't trust him because she doesn't really know what the truth is, you know? So she ends up talking to Burke. Burke admits that he loves her, but she's she still has a wall in front of her. Of course she does, you know? She's really protecting herself. They go to court. Burke is ready to go to jail. And... Sky decides to drop all the charges, but they still get a divorce. The court case ends. They walk out. Burke tries to look at Sky, and he can't. She can't. She won't look at him. They walk out, and Burke asks if Sky would like to give this another chance, and if they could meet again, if they could reintroduce themselves into the truth, because He was playing a character in the beginning, but he really did fall in love with her at the end. And Skye, who's still in love with him, says, Okay, hi, I'm Skye, nice to meet you. And he goes, hi, I'm Burke, nice to meet you. And they walk out the doors of the courthouse, and Burke looks at her, and he says, Did you notice that when we walked out that courthouse, you didn't do your seven knocks? and sky like there's just this moment of like breath like a a a breath of release from from this moment and that's where the book ends um unfortunately heather does have a last chapter <laughs> heather's such a nasty character um and it's her by the pool side talking about even though her planned work she's still going to marry rich and she thinks that i believe it's like she met a rich guy at like a resort and he's balding, but she's going to live happily ever after the end. Right. But, um, also I didn't mention that the reason Heather wanted Burke to do this was because she knew the best revenge on Libby is to get her precious daughter to marry someone that she absolutely disapproved of. And she tells Sky this when they meet at the cafe and Skye you have to read the book she she responds in the most beautiful way because Skye does look up with everything in her heart to her mother so you think that this would bring her down but she knows that her mother would have loved burke if she met him now in the way he was now and that's the end of too good to be true i i really liked this book it was enjoyable um again because there's three perspectives and because they're telling three different points of the story in three different or not three different, but two different time times in the story. Um, it can sometimes drag because I like every time I read Heather's chapters, I was just like, okay, I get it. I get it. Like her story has to be told so we understand it. But to be honest, I want to be with Sky because that was way more interesting to me um, until Heather got crazy when um, her, brother died when she was going through like trauma and stuff that's when her sections got interesting in my opinion but yeah um overall three out of five go pick up this book it's really it's a really decent read but yeah if you've read too good to be true share your thoughts with me on my bookstagram account at the babbling underscore book club over there we can chat about all our favorite books until next time i'll see you guys and keep reading on bye bye Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed my babbling, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. And if you really enjoyed it, share it with a fellow book nerd. We can babble about our latest reads together on my Instagram page at thebabbling underscore book club. Until next time, see ya.